Hey, this is your host, Anthony Dinar, and your co-host, Brandon Hayes. Hello. And let's jump right into this episode of Frogs 1972. That was the joke you were so anxious <laughs> to get out. Let's jump into frog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it? Wow. Jump. Yeah. It, it's you should be very familiar with this because I stole that joke from you. <laughs> I didn't intend it as a joke. Anyway, sure. awful start to a podcast. Let's continue. <laughs> so this movie opens up with actor Sam Elliott looking for his lost mustache. <laughs> Yeah, that's way better. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Sam, Sam Elliott. He's fucking young in this movie, and he's like as hot as he's ever been if he had a haircut, like a proper one. <laughs> his hair was kind of shaggy, but... Um, yeah, because it's the 70s, but he's always been a good looking guy. And, and he's I, always had a mustache. I've never seen him <laughs> without any facial hair whatsoever. It was strange. Do you think he had like a like a horrific accident where he grows the mustache to hide his like deformity? <laughs> like his whole upper lip is actually gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but like, I didn't even know that it was him. He was so unrecognizable until he started talking. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's the fucking Marlboro man. <laughs> He's always had that raspy, cigarette smoky voice. Yeah. Which I don't even know if he smokes or not. But yeah. No, that's just rugged manliness. <laughs> Everything I don't have. <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, actually Sam Elliott plays a character named Pickett Smith and this movie opens up with Pickett rowing his kayak through the stank Florida swamplands and uh, he's basically taking pictures of pollution for some unnamed ecology magazine. Now Pickett is on private property. The entire area he's photographing is owned by a rich old geezer named Jason Crockett and it's never really specified where Jason's fortune comes from but this land is is uh, Jason's private home. It's not his place of business. So there's no great big factory or processing plant here. Uh, it's it's just a tiny island where he lives. So why is it so littered with trash? <laughs> like that's the way he treats his private property? Yeah, I guess. Um, it, doesn't he look like the president we had during World War II in the wheelchair? Um, Roosevelt? Yeah, he looks like Roosevelt or yeah, whatever. in his wheelchair with his little blanket over his gimp legs. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that because he's an evil character. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, this house, this this whole place looks like a goddamn landfill, like in the swamps. When you get closer to the house, it actually looks nice. So they hire the Mexicans and they like they put like those those packs on and then they just blow all the trash in the water off the island. <laughs> Don't know why they had to be Mexican, but OK, <laughs> because I'm just making fun of like, you know, no. rich old white people. Actually, all his help is black. Oh, you're right. It's like, it's even worse. Yeah. But anyway, um, getting slightly ahead here. Uh, during Pickett's photo safari, we also see a few rusty pipes dumping some mysterious chemicals into the water. So I'm guessing maybe this is bug poison. Uh, I'm not really sure. I think it's frog poison. Well, whatever. <laughs> Essentially the same shit. But um, it's never made entirely clear what they're just pumping straight into the water. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that was like maybe sewage or something because like like that was a lot of liquid and it was brown yeah 
it it could have been toxic waste for all I know. Yeah. Okay, they didn't explain it whatsoever. It they just showed multiple rusty pipes pouring crap into the water. It's Flint's water supply. Just joking. <laughs> so this movie is full of characters, but Pickett and Jason are basically the only two you really need to know by name. Uh, Pickett is the hippy dippy good guy who cares about the environment. Sexy Sam Elliot. Yeah, and then Jason <laughs> is the evil rich industrialist who ruins the earth for his own selfish purposes. And Jason's about as complex as your average Captain Planet villain. Yeah. Now, this movie takes place on Jason's birthday, which also coincidentally is the 4th of July. And Jason's entire family has gathered on the island estate to celebrate. And they're all obnoxious. They're just the most vile people in every sense of the word. I think the reason that it's his birthday and the 4th of July is because it's like, you know, America's bad and it's polluting the planet and I'm an environmentalist. Daddy, what if Grover's lying in a ditch somewhere? I hope he's not hurt. Serve him right if he is. Oh, Grandpa, that's awful. <laughs> you make us sound like the worst of the ugly rich. We are the ugly rich. We're entitled to be ugly, Karen. God knows we pay enough taxes. You think it was an anti-America film? Yeah, I think it was an anti-capitalism like capitalism film. Like, you're destroying the planet. We need to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, it definitely was like, like all rich people are monsters. Yeah, like, yeah. That's definitely what it wanted to say. Daddy, did you know the government is forcing us to put strainers on our paper mills? It's called anti-pollution control, Iris. Uh, what's the difference what it's called? It costs millions. And our dividends will be shot to hell. And it being his birthday on the 4th of July, which is, you know, like America's birthday. Yeah. Which is funny because at one point Jason says like, this is the start and end of a new year. Another year going by, Mr. Crockett. Another happy day for everybody. Yeah, thank you, Maybell. Another year ended, another year beginning. No, that's that's <laughs> January 1st. That's true. I totally forgot about that. That's hilarious. Yes. Well, you know, because in America, everything revolves around us, right? <laughs> year ends and the year begins. Always has and always will. So um, everyone here is here to see Jason, but um, they're really just waiting for him to die so they can divvy up his money. Yeah, exactly. Now, that old man is not going to live forever, and that means a million dollars or more to me. All we have to do is just play our cards right. One of Jason's relatives is constantly drunk throughout this entire movie. So I'm just going to call him Captain Budweiser because I didn't catch his name. <laughs> it's like Duffman, <laughs> the real life Duffman. <laughs> Only much less majestic. <laughs> so the first time we see this idiot, uh, he's introduced to us drunk driving a speedboat. So Captain uh, Budweiser is completely oblivious to Pickett's kayak and nearly crashes into it, even though Pickett was just casually floating in plain sight during broad daylight. Yeah. Pickett's kayak gets overturned and Pickett gets tossed into the polluted swamp waters. Captain Budweiser then says, I'm sorry, I thought it'd be funny if I snuck up on you and made a few waves. I guess I blew it, huh? It's what like an asshole. But that's complete bullshit because the accident wasn't planned in any way. He was just drunk. And didn't, didn't notice him. him yeah. And swerved out of the way at the last moment. Well, maybe he just said that so, you know, fucking Pickett would, I don't know, not be mad at him, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I don't know, but Pickett was mad. And uh, Captain Budweiser tows Pickett's kayak to the dock uh, on Jason's island. And this is how Pickett basically gets stuck attending Jason's birthday party. Happy birthday! 
birthday, Grandpa. Happy Fourth of July, Grandpa. I thank you, children. Getting all ready for the excitement? It's probably important to note at this point that every few seconds, this movie cuts away to footage of frogs. <laughs> and uh, they're just croaking and hopping all over the place. And it's not really scary in any possible way. It'd be hilarious if I knew more about frogs and toads. I'd be like, nope, every one of those were toads. They were, you know, this species or whatever. I think it was just a mixture, whatever they could get their hands on. Yeah, they, they basically like ransacked a pet store and then they just took everything out of there and like they just let everything loose on the on the island yeah oh well it's it's the fucking galapagos islands or whatever that were just untouched by man and nature went wild well yeah and uh and what's his name uh darwin darwin showed up yeah exactly like that's what that is that's that island well i'm seeing lots of symbolism in this movie no it's social commentary and lots <laughs> <Shut> of <up>. it <laughs> Nowhere near as deep as you're making it out to be. <laughs> so um, just one more thing about those frog shots, though. Like we see the same damn shots and locations over and over again. Yeah, you were getting really angry during the, the watching of this film. Well, because there's one shot in particular where there's a white rock <laughs> yeah. on the grass and then they've got uh, frogs and toads and whatever just hopping all around <laughs> it. And um, and they keep showing that from different angles and whatnot. At least they're not using the same exact footage of that right. over and over again. But you can see the same fucking rock every Yeah, it's time. like get rid of that rock. It's, too, it's, it's like very unique. I can tell that you keep showing me the same location. Yeah. Yeah, I would actually... <clears throat> man, I'm sounding like Sam Elliott over here. Uh, <laughs> I would actually take like that rock out, maybe put some new rocks in or whatever just to change up the shot like why not right or maybe just not cut to frogs all the all time because the time? Yeah. it's not necessary we get the point we hear the croaking it's not necessary so when jason meets pickett for the first time he says i've seen you poking your nose around my property didn't you see my no trespassing signs taking pictures of this property is illegal but then maybe five minutes later jason tells pickett about the growing frog problem and he says I want you to do me a favor. Take a good look around my property. Research all the frogs and stuff. Then report back to me with your findings. How about I just develop my film, asshole? Jason also asked Pickett to keep an eye out for Grover, the property maintenance guy. Apparently, Grover was last seen headed north to spray bug poison or frog poison in that general direction, uh, but he never returned. So it's not long before Pickett finds Grover's dead body face down in a small puddle of water. With a bunch of live frogs. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see any dead frogs there. Maybe maybe his poison was like only human poison. <laughs> It's, it's really not determined how he died. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, like the title of this suggests that the frogs did it, right? Killer frogs. Like that's not the, the title. So, you know, maybe I'm reaching a little bit there. But you're meant to believe that the frogs killed Grover in this scene, I think, anyway. Well, when you name your movie frogs, they need to be very central to the plot. Yeah, yeah. And as you'll see as we're going through this movie, everyone who dies gets killed by any other insect or reptile or whatever, birds, anything, everything except frogs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Frogs are nowhere to be seen. Well, they are everywhere to be seen, but <laughs> I mean, they're, like they're never like holding the murder weapon or yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of weird. But anyway, um, I'll talk more about that later. Pickett returns to the mansion and tells Jason that Grover is dead. And Jason basically says, that's a shame. We'll leave the body in the swamp for now. But, uh, you know, like there's no use getting everyone all riled up. We'll bury him after the birthday party. 
Mr. Crockett, we all know how important your plans are to you. You couldn't possibly know. Yeah, so, we don't want to ruin the party. Yeah, like it's it's that Jaws scenario where it's like nothing can interfere with the festivity. Yeah, the yeah. beach must remain open. That's exactly what it was like. I'm going ahead with this celebration today, just as I planned, just as I've celebrated all my life. Nothing's going to stop it. So the party goes ahead as scheduled, uh, only it never really happens. We just spend hours and hours with Jason and his family. We see the sunset, then we see the sunrise. So we know time is passing, but they're just standing around waiting to party. Yeah, it's like, my birth week. <laughs> they, they have all these games and events planned, but all they ever actually do is just stand around and drink alcohol and then like occasionally complain about the croaking frogs. So they're like normal adults. <laughs> so 28 minutes into the movie and we get our first glimpse of an actual animal attack on screen. It's about time. It better be frogs, right? It's, it's a really weak attack. A snake somehow slithers its way into the mansion and curls itself around a chandelier. So we're supposed to believe that it's intent to strike out and bite someone. But all it's really doing is just casually sitting there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And Jason pulls a revolver out of nowhere out of his wheelchair, I guess. Under his blanket and next to his crotch. Or maybe it's his crotch, actually. He's just like part like machine and he just pulls it out and then shoots it. He shoots the snake. It's like that was the best way to take care of that situation. <laughs> He's a dead shot, too, by the way. He doesn't hit the chandelier or anything. That snake's gone. Now there's a hole in the roof and this <laughs> joke. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, I should all say that the frogs, I guess, or some other creature has somehow managed to cut the phone lines. <laughs> yeah. Because the, no matter how many times Pickett tries to pick up the phone and use it, he never hears a dial tone. Yeah. Oh, you'll get a dial tone. We're on a regular line. It's dead. Well, it's probably just the holiday. It'll come back on soon. So, I guess the frogs are smart enough to somehow understand how technology works. Or maybe, maybe this is social commentary about how, you know, environmentalists have no idea, like, how technology works or technological advances. Oh, shut up. <laughs> About 45 minutes in, we finally get our first character death on screen. Uh, one of the Crockett boys is out in the wilderness. Uh, he's just shooting at random birds for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> uh, this is when he accidentally trips over a log or something and shoots himself in the knee. <laughs> so you can't even blame the animals for that. It was just straight up clumsiness. Then when this guy can't move because his foot's all fucked up, a bunch of tarantulas start spinning webs all over him and they encase him in a giant web cocoon and start biting him to death. And also, like, for whatever reason, mossy tree branches start attacking him like they're sentient. <laughs> it's like the uh, the living trees in The Wizard of Oz. Like, <laughs> they're all angry at him. Like, this is when I start to realize, like, okay, frogs is just a minor footnote in this whole thing. It's the environment. The environment's angry and they're going to kill this whole family. But then why call the movie frogs? Why not just call it angry environment well that title sucks for one and well, uh, you could think of a better title but something that <laughs> implies that yeah i don't know i don't know because they thought frogs would sell i mean 
uh, Jaws came out in the 70s, right? So, like, maybe this was... And there was lots of other films where it was, like, giant mosquito or, you know, giant snake. And... Giant rabbits, Night of the Lepus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's it's maybe trying to cash in on that kind of craze. I, I don't know. It, it's a dumb idea. Okay, so um, somewhere in my notes I wrote this down and I'm just going to skip to it because I can't find them now. But I started thinking that, like, maybe the frogs are actually causing everything. Maybe they're like whatever chemicals being pumped into the water. uh, Maybe that caused them to mutate and become like psychics or something and they can control everything with their mind. Oh shit. They're like they're controlling the tree branches. They're the ones who like cut the phone lines. They're the ones who are making the snakes and the birds attack people. Maybe that's what's going on. Wow. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, like that's all of a sudden this movie makes sense. (laughs) I mean, if you think about (laughs) it that way then then it does make sense because that's why then you see the frogs just sitting there croaking not doing anything because they're like using their mind powers they they're not going to be attacking people physically yeah yeah but you need like a one line of exposition to explain that or like as the camera's panning you see like that rusty pipe and all that liquid coming out and it's like you know radioactive or something it says or it fucking glows in the dark who knows like something to indicate that otherwise that's a stretch like i'm not gonna give them any credit because like they didn't deserve that no there is one line of dialogue late in the movie where jason does say something like that but he says it as like a sarcastic joke and he's like oh yeah you're telling me that the frogs are getting smarter they're devising battle strategy and they're attacking (laughs) us with the snakes and stuff whatever he said since i went after them they scattered and very intelligently too the frogs are thinking now, the snails are planning strategy, their brains are as good as ours. Is that your point? Oh, interesting. That's that's as close as you get to that. But even he scoffs at that because it's such a stupid idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I wonder if there was like deleted scenes that would shed light on that. <laughs> I doubt it. I, I don't think anyone put too much thought into this movie. But the next character death is some guy named Kenneth and he gets killed in a greenhouse. There's a bunch of hissing geckos and shit that lock the greenhouse <laughs> door shut and then start spilling chemicals that once they hit the floor and combined create like this few poison cloud which is believable i get that um you know aside from them being able to close the door and you know do all that shit um or like even if the frogs are are doing this to control the animals like they how would they know that those chemicals together you know this is a very special mixture because this cloud of death somehow kills kenneth but all the other geckos and shit can breathe <laughs> it just fine yeah exactly <laughs> it's a human only poison <laughs> i i think i called that early in the episode actually i mentioned that like all those frogs were alive so he was just carrying human poison Then we have another character. This time it's an older female, Iris, who wanders off into the swampy marshland to net herself some butterflies. Now from setup to payoff, this butterfly hunt lasts for about 15 minutes. It yeah. takes forever. It's awful. Iris gets surrounded by snakes, so she drops her butterfly net and goes running through the marshlands. And she gets caught up on every single tree branch and mossy vine in her path. And she's running for like a good, what would you say? 
say five minutes yeah something like that and that's film like screen time so you know it's even further than that like in terms of time so like she's going like back to the house right she's done she's like fuck this i'm not gonna capture butterflies or anything today like i'm going home you would think so but like as she's running she eventually trips and lands on the ground right next to her butterfly <laughs> net so all the running that we see her do was completely pointless because she just ran in a giant circle <laughs> Like she got so far away from the this giant multi-story mansion that she couldn't see it in the distance and <laughs> yeah. run to it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a private island. It's it's a big island. So then when Iris dies, she's bitten by a single snake and instantly drops dead. It's, you know, like talk about your fast acting poison. She has like zero immune system, I guess. Yeah. And you could say like maybe she was allergic or something, but didn't she like turn blue and shit? <laughs> yeah. After she was dead or bought turned blue like a smurf but <laughs> like instantly still i mean like fuck <laughs> but it's like strike dead like you know bite and then you're dead right like, right even even someone with a weak immune system even someone like riddled with aids is gonna it's gonna take <laughs> a few minutes yeah like if you if you're required to have an epi pen you still have time to like administer the epi pen right <laughs> anyway so we have another character death that's basically just a man wrestling an alligator and um it looks like he's in a puddle of oil i don't know if this is just like really dark mud or man-made pollution but you know i guess it doesn't matter he dies quick enough i'm gonna say it's oil because Fucking environmentalists are going crazy in this film. How do we get rid of them? I have suggested pouring oil on the water to choke them off. That would help, wouldn't it, Mr. Smith? Yeah, but you'd be killing a lot of other things at the same time. Make my home smell like a refinery. Yeah, maybe. Why Why would there just be random, like, a puddle of oil? I don't know. You would think that, like, if you're going to do that, if you're going to say, like, all this pollution's bad for, you know, nature, and that's why nature's, like, attacking and uh, wants vengeance. It's like, man, like, fucking all this pollution isn't doing shit to the ecosystem here. See, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> nature and pollution can live side by side <laughs> so uh the funny thing is at this point jason now has multiple family members missing one of them is even confirmed dead so uh plus there's grover's corpse that we forgot about at the beginning of the film yeah but he's not family he's the hired help true but <laughs> two confirmed deaths a bunch of missing people jason insists that his birthday party continue as planned of course I'm just as heartbroken over this tragedy as any of you. But there's plenty of time later to do what has to be done. Later? Why wait, Grandpa? What because difference will that... Because I won't let anything interfere with today's schedule. Not anything. I mean, he represents America. We don't stop for that shit. So at this point, Pickett attempts to take charge and he says everyone needs to band together, follow him, and they'll get the hell off this vermin infested island immediately. But uh, Jason forbids it, of course, saying like, I control these people here. Yeah, because he knows that they all want the inheritance. So like he's making them do whatever he wants. And it's been going on for years, perhaps decades. Because you could just tell, like, that's his M.O. I still believe man is master of the world. He's singing that tune till the day he dies. Mm-hmm. That's all he's got. But I should reiterate at this point that uh, Pickett is a white guy. Obviously, he's played by actor Sam Elliott. And Jason's family, the Crockett family, is also white. But there are a few black characters in the movie. There's the black maid, the black butler, 
And then one of the Crockett men has a girlfriend who's black and her name is Bella. Uh, the maid and the butler want to go with Pickett, but Jason demands they stay put because they're hired help and they'll do whatever they're told. And um, this is when Bella says something really strange. Uh, she says, maybe you haven't heard, Jason, but five score and seven years ago, they just started letting people make up their own minds. <laughs> so we started laughing hysterically at that line. Because uh, we did some math because we're idiots. Um, we like, okay, really, like she got it right. We did our, our fucked up math was wrong. And no, I'll expl- bullshit. No, no, no. I'll explain why. And I wrote it down. I'm really bad at math. So I had to write all this down. <laughs> so Abraham Lincoln gave the Gettysburg Address on November 19th, 1863. Right. So that's when he famously said, uh, you know, four score and seven. So if a score is 20 years, like that's a 20 year stretch of time, then we figured five score and seven meant the time would be now 1883, right? Just 20 years after that that speech. Oh, we fuck, were stupid. We're stupid. <laughs> yeah. Because I even made a joke like, well, that's why the phone doesn't work. But um, if you look at it this way, December 6, 1865 is when the 13th Amendment abolished slavery in America. So five score and seven years from that date would actually be 1972, the date the film was released. Oh, Jesus Christ. So Bella was correct in her math, but I'm still calling bullshit because like who measures time like that? I know, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, we can closely associate this with Lincoln and make it a whole slavery issue <laughs> if we say it this way. It'll be super clever. Maybe you haven't heard about it stuck out here in vacation land. Five score and seven years ago, they just started letting people make up their own mind. Anyway, Jason gets furious when he's reminded that slavery no longer exists in America. So he tells the help, fine, if you want to leave, just leave. And uh, then Jason tells Captain Budweiser to load them all up in the speedboat and drive them to shore. And uh, remember, Jason's mansion is on a tiny swamp island. So Captain Budweiser... It's not tiny. Well, tiny enough. It's I mean, compared huge... to the United States, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically one estate, so one building. Uh, I okay, but we saw that fucking lady with the butterfly thing, like running like crazy in a circle. Well, that's true. She didn't cover a lot of ground. <laughs> she just like. <laughs> Oh, fuck. No one else found Grover dead except for Sam Elliott. Because they're all lazy and they stayed at the house to drink. That's true, too. Okay, fine. It's a small island. (laughs) Anyway, so like I was going to say, Captain Budweiser, drunk as always, drives the speedboat maybe a mile away, and that's being generous. So that's how far away civilization is. He stops at a rickety old dock that's connected to a grocery store, and I thought he was just maybe making a quick beer run. Yeah. (laughs) But he was actually docking on mainland. One of the characters back at Jason's mansion is watching Captain Budweiser the entire time through a pair of binoculars. Yeah. So there's all this drama wrapped up in the idea of leaving Jason's property, but that's easily accomplished in like five fucking minutes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The only real problem is, and they don't know this, is that mainland is actually infested with psychic frogs too, or whatever the fuck's going on. (laughs) So there's really no escape from nature's terrible vengeance no matter where they go. Yeah. But they don't know that. So, like, it is funny that, like, 
all this to do, all this arguing is like, it's just about a five minute ride up to the rickety old grocery store. I, at first I thought maybe he had to get gas, but then they made a comment about how like they had plenty of gas on the island. And then like later on, you do find out that that is civilization. That is the end of the line. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like if it wasn't for killer snakes or whatever in the water, like you could totally swim there. So it's not even a mile. So we've been talking about this film for a little while now, and uh, I'm going to try to wrap things up kind of quickly here at this point. The poor black people get attacked by uh, deadly black crows, you know, so like hashtag black on black crime, I guess. I don't know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too soon, too joke, soon. But seriously. Wait, wait till six scorns, then you can make a joke like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to give this film some credit. You know, talking about racism, the uh, the crotchety old conservative Jason, like he never once made any sort of racial statement about his white family member dating a black woman. Yeah, that actually is really cool. So I was good like, for him. Yeah, I yeah. was really surprised. Like, I'm sure his character was like seething on the inside because <laughs> of it. He had the uh, the reserve to keep that all to himself. That's funny. See, he does represent America. 1972, <laughs> that was okay thing, right? Yeah. So, like, wow, there's a lot of thought put into this. Shut up. <laughs> so, uh, Captain Budweiser, uh, he gets eaten by a pack of swamp eels. The captain's bitter old wife gets mowed over by a large snapping turtle. And then her crotch literally gets infested <laughs> with crabs. <laughs> So many crabs, huge, huge crabs. All from the waist down. It's like, did they do that on purpose? I can't tell. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's be clear here. Uh, you know, want to be honest? Let's put all the cards in the deck. Don't don't crabs eat fish? Flame. <laughs> In the end, crusty old Jason finally gets his comeuppance. He's surrounded by a handful of frogs and uh, succumbs to a heart attack. So it's, again, if you're not buying the psychic frog angle, then they didn't even kill one person in this movie. <laughs> because he just died out of fear. Yeah, they drove him mad. I mean, everyone hated the sound of all the frogs and stuff. So like, yeah, that's pretty weak. For them to have the title of this movie, Frogs, it would have to be psychic frogs, right? Yeah, I really wish they would have established that, like made a couple of them floating through the air or something. <laughs> that I would look so bad. But it and would we explain would... things. <laughs> we would laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> and I would have called that shitty too, but, you know, whatever. I just hate everything. So... In the end, uh, Pickett Smith, uh, Joan Van Ark, I can't remember what her character's Karen. name was, Karen, and the two youngest Crockett kids are the sole survivors. And they make it to mainland in Crockett's tiny little kayak, and they hitch a ride with a local tourist, and then they realize all too late, once they get in the car, that there's a giant frog in the car, and no one is safe, and I guess we're just <laughs> supposed to assume that everyone dies, I don't know, because it just freeze frames and then credits. Yeah, at first, like, I, I wasn't scared at all about that ending, but there's psychic frogs, I mean, it's gonna cause a car accident which is gonna cause like you know armageddon the planet's yeah. gonna succumb to pollution and we're never gonna make it to 2016 so i think um i showed you the poster art for this movie didn't i it's a giant frog with like yes. a human hand coming out yes. of its mouth 
I would have liked to seen that. Like maybe one master frog. Like he was the psychic the entire time. That's all or, I needed. Or everyone else died naturally, but the frogs were eating people and like they became like they had a taste for blood and then they couldn't stop. Dun, 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 dun. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, that would have been good, I guess. <laughs> I mean it all would have been shit, like we said, but it would have been better than this. Um, a little bit of IMDb trivia. Uh, it says that as many as like 500 Florida frogs and 100 giant South American toads were purchased for use in this film. Oh, there were and, toads in there. And then they just escaped during production. So, they introduced all this like foreign wildlife to the area to make their shitty film. And I'm sure they'd like, they all live there today. Yeah. They all like, you know, fucked and had babies and like, it's probably a huge problem. Everyone's complaining about a frog and toad infestation. Yeah, it's like the real life movie man. <laughs> it's like a documentary <laughs> afterwards i would love to have seen that this is a perfect example of how fucking ridiculous environmentalists are right like we gotta take care of the planet yo and uh and then they bring in all these frogs they have no sense of responsibility whatsoever you know it wasn't just frogs like i i believe the imdb thing because you know i'm sure they're inept and i'm sure they lost them all but let's be honest there was tarantulas there was snapping turtles which maybe they got that one because he's slow um there were uh <laughs> there were like maybe six or seven different species of lizards and stuff like that island is fucked it's now like the galapagos like i said it's and that's especially funny if they were trying to give some sort of environmental message like they thought this movie would change something yeah then like yeah you fucked things up but that would be like a um like an al gore type thing where he's like yeah i fly around in a jet like every day and i pollute like crazy but i'm getting out the message so it's okay for me to do that <laughs> fucking hypocrite yeah it's like pickett smith in the movie uh he start he's complaining to jason the whole time like you're you're spraying poison around like we can't hurt these frogs or whatever like that's just nature and you're hurting the environment i'm sure i can get the state to spray some pesticides yes sir i'm sure you can you'd kill a hell of a lot of other things too and then when he gets backed into a corner he runs to grab a can of gasoline yeah. and he's going to spread it all over the frogs and light them on fire yeah, or something. Exactly. It's like, dude, you're no better. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, like, not only is like gas going to pollute the ground and the soil and fuck it all up. You have like the uh, the smoke, like you're you're burning all that stuff in the house and everything would have gone up in flames because when he grabbed that gasoline, it was for the frogs on the porch. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> that whole house would have been fucked. In fact, like when he ran, when he ran back to the porch with the gasoline, the frogs had all gone because they're too smart now to just sit there and get yeah. burned. They ran out into the uh, the grass. They were out in the field, and he was and all then disappointed. He gave up. Yeah, it's like no, now you should set them on fire. <laughs> Oh, but that's on Mother Earth and that's bad. But it's okay to do that to like man-made things like a house. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, this movie, um, it was fun to watch. It was a stupid, stupid movie. Yeah, uh, it was. Very entertaining though. I would recommend it if you want to watch like a really bad B-movie sci-fi train wreck yeah there's um uh the blu-ray copy i believe is what we bought um if you look at the description below on our website if you buy that film it's got some special features in it that you might like um i recommend that movie too i mean it is a bad movie fuck it's terrible it's but... also like a two-pack with like food of the gods yeah that's true which yeah. is another giant animal movie that we haven't seen yet yeah so like we're we're gonna definitely watch that too but if you buy that um in the description below we'll get a little bit of that revenue and it doesn't cost you anything 
more than the actual product itself because uh, you're buying it through Amazon. So it helps support the channel. Um, also, we have uh, more episodes to come. And this is we're back on track. We're back on like some terrible fucking movies again. Um, and uh, if anyone was discouraged by, you know, a couple good ones that we, you know, unearthed just recently, um, we're we got some terrible stuff right around the corner. Yeah. Diving back into the depths of crap. Or should we say hopping? Okay. <laughs> so let's go out on that lame joke. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm going to eat some flies now. Make sure to check us out on torturevision.com or listen to us on iTunes. We can also be found at facebook.com slash torturevision, twitter.com slash torturevision, youtube.com slash user slash torturevision TV, and instagram.com slash torturevision. And with all our technology and all my money, we still can't get rid of these frogs. Interesting, isn't it?